Today, You Talking You Too to Me is sponsored by our friends over at Bonobos. You can't spell Bonobos without Bono. That's right. Bonobos is a men's apparel brand that has everything from wash chinos, denim, sweaters, and casual shirts to suits, dress shirts, blazers. I promise your threads will fit you better and feel more comfortable than anything you have ever worn before. So go to Bonobos.com. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com. On top of everything else, you get a special deal. Use the code EDGE to get a 20% off deal, along with that free shipping and the great customer service as always. So log on to B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com for better-fitting men's clothes. Getting them on, that is. This is you talking you two to me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things you two. I am your co-host, Scott Aukerman, and sitting across the table from me is the gingham-clad Adam Scott. Welcome, Adam. Hey, everybody else. You're finally a DJ. Hey, and we're back. And well, that's a back. Jimmy Fallon bit. I think that's a bit that every single person who has ever imitated a DJ. <laughs> I think DJ. you're probably right. <laughs> uh, welcome back. This is episode five, uh, if I'm correct. And um, Is it five already, Scott? Oh, what a long, strange trip it's been. Um, yeah, th- this will take us... Let me look at our release dates. This will take us to... This is the last week of March. Wow. Uh, you know, it's we're recording these a little ahead of time because Scott and I had this wonderful idea for this podcast uh, i can't take any credit for it adam though i mean it really was your idea you could scott i'll tell you how much credit you can take half <laughs> all right listen that's a deal. hey just listen this is a two-man this is a two-hander it really i mean you know we got engineer sam over here so he's got two hands as well so it's more of a four-hander six-hander there's three of us no, i'm not using one of my hands that's right. What what happened? Did you get one of your yeah, hands chopped off over the, the weekend? last uh, episode? Yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, oh. uh, I had one of those weekend chops. It was terrible. Uh, you know, w- once I went to uh, Chin Chin. Mm-hmm. I was at Chin Chin today. Actually, I used to work there, and I asked them for not interested in that. Apparently, a weekend. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to my story. If you <laughs> okay, don't mind, well, all right. I asked I, them for a I, weekend I chop. They chopped off my hand. Okay, that's it. What happened? You used to work at Chin Chin. <laughs> Wait, your hand was chopped off at Chin Chin today? Yeah, but I got it reattached. What's going on? What, you used to work there? <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's Scott. No, seriously, did you used to work at Chin Chin? I did. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Studio City. That's where I was today. That's where you were. I, I bet I rubbed my butt all over wherever you were sitting. Did you ever, did you get real assholes in there from, um, from the nearby... The the Radford. studios, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is is that where you guys tape at Radford? Yes. Um, yeah, I got people like you coming in all the time, trying to like, big time me. Give me a give me a chicken uh, Chinese chicken salad. That's a good impression. Make it make it fucking snappy. I always I would wait on models and actresses a lot, and they would always want the Chinese chicken salad without the crunchies. Yeah. And I was always like, why even bother? Right. And now that I'm on camera, oh boy. Yeah, you know, you know what, what I mean? they're Those crunchies. About. Yeah. Um, they should just call them uh, crunchy calories because that's basically 
all it amounts to. You know what? That is a good idea. You're right. They should change that. I will bring that up to the board at Chin Chin. Are you on the board? Yeah. I mean, anyone who's a former employee is on the board. And I used to own the place. I forgot to tell you, you that. You used That's to why. own Chin Chin? The yeah. chain? The entire chain, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the C in Chin Chin is, is for the C in my name. And Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Well, then it's for the C in my name as well. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we're the Scots. We've talked about it. Does that mean I'm a part owner in Chin Chin? You, I, we've been wondering why you've never answered any of our calls. Well, because you haven't been calling the right phone number, apparently. Have you been calling the golfer Adam oh, Scott? Oh, I've been calling the golfer. God damn it. Is it. A lot of confusion with you and the golfer, huh? A lot. What is that about? Well, we have the same name. Okay, that is probably 100% of it. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it begins and ends with that. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember when Adam Scott won the, was it the Masters? Yeah. Or, uh, about two hours went by and you just tweeted, well, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, my phone was blowing up with tweets mm. from a lot of smart Alex. <laughs> You know what, though? Smart Alex, they may be smart, but I think a little too much Alec. And by yeah. Alec, I mean Alec Baldwin, yeah. who's not as smart as he thinks he is. A lot of smart Alec Baldwins out there. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, Adam, by the way, you're listening to, this is the fifth episode, you talking you two to me, where Adam and I talk you two to you. So it's almost as if the title of the podcast is a question the listener is posing. Or... Mm-hmm. If I may. You may. And thank you for asking. Yeah. It's maybe something you and I would say to each other. True. Because we are sitting across a wooden table from each other, just a couple of guys. And hey, you know, a regular carpenter made this table as well. It's not anything fancy. We're just know. a couple of regular guys, and a regular carpenter made this regular table. Listen, what you need is some planks of wood. Sure. You need some glue. Some nails. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Maybe a glue gun to put the glue in. Or just a, a squeezable bottle. Okay. Maybe a hammer for the nails? Maybe. Or you just press it in with your butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all you need. My point is, all you need is some wood, <laughs> some nails, a couple of butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so two butt... Has there ever been a person with just one butt cheek? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So they I got, knew a guy, a kid I went to elementary school with mm-hmm. only had one butt cheek. And it was, what was his other one? Like? It was just flat? Like it wasn't sticking out? He didn't, or what? it wasn't like there w- used to be a butt cheek there. There used gone. to be a butt cheek. Well, Madonna. What, what? There what used to be a playground is the, uh, what I was parodying. That, that is a deep cut of Not Madonna's. too deep. It's from the film With Honors, something that maybe. You're right, Scott. That's not too deep of a cut. <laughs> Joe Pesci as a homeless person. Patrick Dempsey, Moira Kelly. Brendan. Frazier. Uh, yeah, the Frage. The Frage was in that one. Toss salad and scrambled hey, eggs. But I'm a, I'm a bum. I'm a Harvard bum. I'm a Harvard bum. I, what I that liked was a about great film. What I liked about that movie is where at one point, I believe it was Moira Kelly turned to Brendan Fraser and said, "Hey, if we don't get our shit together, we're going to be graduating without honors." Did she like really? she knew the title of the film. <laughs> um, Josh Hamilton. Oh yeah, a, a friend of yours or an acquaintance or neither. You know, Free choice. I have never met the man. He is a man. Hey, that's safe to say. We can assume at least, but. He's 
Have, did you ever see Diggers, the movie Ken Marino wrote? What's this movie? Diggers. <laughs> What's this word you just said? Diggers. Oh, no, I, I haven't seen it. That's the name of the movie. Okay. And Josh Hamilton is awesome in that movie. Oh, wow. All right. Ken Marino wrote it. Fantastic. It's win, Diggers. Win a day. <laughs> win a day with Josh Hamilton. Um. Okay. So now that that's out of the way. Um, Never ever made that connection, by the way. <laughs> let's talk about what if Ken Marino wrote a movie about clam diggers in uh, in uh, I I don't Maine, perhaps. No, I think it's in um, in uh, Long Island. But what if he wrote this sweet little movie, a funny movie about um, kind of blue collar folks? And called it not diggers, <laughs> but another word, <laughs> and couldn't figure out what the problem was. <laughs> well, why would first of all someone would have to say to him, Ken? First of all, love the script, great script. Uh, I I literally cried, and I never cry when I'm reading scripts. Right, and it's uh, very funny too. It's also yeah, a lot of poignant, touching scenes. But I was laughing out loud. So. Many- <laughs> But here's where I wasn't laughing out loud when I saw that title page. I'm wondering if there's a typo on the title page, Ken. <laughs> what if that's what it was, was a typo? <laughs> and, and it went. And then when the movie came out, still. They kept, still. Not this only, is Ken's intent. No, but it's not. It's not that they thought it was the writer's intent. Everyone just kept making the same typo. <laughs> the same typo over All and over and over. To, uh, to all the way to the silver screen. The say, hey, you know what? That's where we all want to be when we get into this industry, isn't it? It's a crazy business. Scott. Hey, you know, you've been in a few movies. Sure, sure. Um, what is uh, what do you consider yourself to be? Are a film star, a TV star, or just a star? You know, uh, Scott, I'm just a working actor. Ah, yes. You know, I'm just uh, running after cracks. <laughs> So many cracks that you've created. So many cracks up in the sky. Uh, wh- which one are you? Are you Carl or uh, uh, Carl Jr. or Brian Pieces? I I think I'm Brian Pieces. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what are pe- I've been trying to get to this since we started? What are people? We got to reset. What if, sure. What are people hearing when they hear this show? It's you and I, uh, fans, short for fanatic. Yep. For of the band U2 and of, I'm just going to say, the people within the band U2. Yeah, there are four guys in the band. Yes. Four. We should talk about that. People may say six, people may <laughs> say three. They're wrong. Four people in the band. It's always been that way. It's not changing anytime they, soon. They didn't add one guy at one point? No. They have a manager. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine, but that never happened. Paul McGinnis... Is their manager and Is some say the manager? unofficial fifth member well, of you two. That's who I was talking about. Scott, I'm telling you right now, the word unofficial fifth member means he's not really the fifth all, member. All I heard was official. I didn't hear Scott? that. Plus, he's not even really their manager anymore. Yeah, what happened with that? We haven't gotten to that point in U2's history, but what? Uh, I think they shifted over to a new manager. Maybe they're, you know, hey, maybe they're with like live, uh, what is that? Uh, three, now what is live that? Nation? Live Nation or something like they're that. They're with Gaio Seri. Oh. Um, 
Is he Live Nation? Does, I don't know. Is that Did, his company? He used to have uh, Madonna, didn't he? Wasn't Maverick yeah. his company or something yeah, yeah. like that? Interesting stuff. That's the kind of stuff you're going to hear. Listen, that's <laughs> the kind of insider analysis. Because let me tell you what people are going to hear. People are going to hear, as I said, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things U2. Now, we're going to talk about it all to the extent that if you have never heard of U2, at the end of this series of shows, I'm not going to say at the end of this show, but certainly by the end of our final episode, you will have heard of U2. Yeah, if you... Didn't even know U2 existed. And then you pick up a stack of uh, of iPods. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there in a stack. St- a stack of iPods, and they're all, each one of them has nothing on it but this podcast. And then you listen to the podcast in its entirety, all episodes. At the end of that, you will have heard of U2. At least once. At, well, more than once. Probably, you know. But I'm not promising on this episode, though. You may no, not hear of him. We on may this. not get to it. We may not get to it. We, some of our episodes, we've had difficulty talking about you too. We, we really have. <laughs> but not problem. this one. Not this one, because nope. we have so much to cover. We're, we, this, this episode, we're going to be talking about one of their landmark records. What, they have had several records that I would describe personally as landmarks. Yes. And this is one of them. Are you talking like like the Washington Monument? Like a landmark? Uh, yeah, you know, like... Uh, Mount Rushmore? Mount Rush- oh, I was going to say Mount Rushmore. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, okay, I'm, take, I'm out take, two, take two. Okay, Go take back. two. Like, like Mount- the Washington Monument? Oh, yeah, or like Mount, Mount Rushmore? Rushmore? Fuck. Sorry. Can you just let me? Yeah, say yeah. Mount go, ahead, go ahead. Okay. So, like a, a monument, like Mount Rushmore. Fuck. Sorry, Stop I just I watch it. you talking, and you start to say the words, and mm. I find it difficult not to at least acknowledge it verbally. Yeah. By saying the same thing. Okay, I'm gonna turn around so you don't see me okay. anymore. Okay. So here we go. All right. Mount so, Rushmore. Like Mount... <sighs> Sorry. You see, it's difficult for me. Okay. Go ahead. I'll cover my mouth. Cover your mouth, and meanwhile, I'm going to turn around. And meanwhile, uh, if you could uh, go under the table, could you? Sure. Just, okay. Here we go. And do you mean like Mount Rush? You just farted. Well, I was under, under the, under table. the table. I. Sorry. That happens whenever I go under a table. Really? That Anytime happens. you go under At any table, every single time, like a blackjack table. Every single even? time I go under a table. A um, a different person walks into the room and farts into a microphone. <laughs> That's what we tell our wives, isn't it, Adam? Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you have a dog? No. Sometimes you can blame farts on them. <laughs> you looked at me with such panic in your eyes. Like, where are you going with this? Do you have a dog? It's a very simple question. Well, I thought what you were getting at by asking me that question. Oh, was something about your wife? Come on. No. Oh, no. Well, then my bad. <laughs> I <laughs> do you even suggest that. I thought you were asking me if I had a like a dog or not. <laughs> a, you mean like an astronaut? No, like a dog or <laughs> or no dog. Dog or no dog. Yeah. This summer on NBC, Dog or No Dog, the family game show. <laughs> I like the idea of a of a dog astronaut though. There have been dog astronauts and People mm-hmm. own them. Yeah, you so can own asking them someone if they, they have a dog or not is not, not a crazy, crazy question. 
Do you have a chimp or not? Yes. Great. I'm <laughs> just wondering if you have pets. All right. So people are definitely going to hear about you two. We've been taking them um, album by album. Yeah. We originally thought we were going to talk about them three albums at a time, three or even four, three in an EP. We suddenly realized that we got too much to talk about. Yeah. And it's too hard to listen to one album in between the time that we take recording these shows. Yes. <laughs> I've listened to, since we recorded last, which is about a week ago, We, um, yeah. uh, I have listened to Achtung Baby, which is Achtung. what we will, <laughs> we will be, we've been waiting for this since the we first have. episode. Um, you did, you listened to it. I listened to it. I also did a lot more than that. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but before we do, Uh-oh. I've been hyping this ever since the first episode. Um, we need a Harry Potter update. Oh yeah, you have know? we not? We haven't. We done haven't it. touched on that in a few episodes. We haven't done it since the first one. I feel like. And what what is it that we what, that we said? In You've the first been reading episode? Harry Potter to apparently you have some sort of uh, baby or child or something. My son. Your son, right? My son. Yes. Yeah. A, he's a human being. It's not a chimp or not, but it's yeah. No, I mean he does occasionally travel in space <laughs> and he's a small child true so you have you have how old is it are you comfortable talking about your children this will be their legacy yeah yeah i'm com- I'll, I'll answer any questions you have about my children all right like on a, on a scale of one to ten attractiveness just objectively both of them both through the roof scott <laughs> really through the roof ah fantastic um, i'll show you a picture okay let me check this out. You got okay. You got one there loaded up on the old uh, telephone. The old, the old, the old. I call it an iPhone. Okay, I call it a telephone. I don't. I don't think either of us is wrong. Let me see here. What do you got? I've yeah. never seen. Uh, You've never met my son, right? No, I don't think so. Oh. <coughs> What's the problem? <coughs> oh my. You just uh, you showed me the most disgusting picture I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what was made even better about it was the time it took for you to find the and picture. And it's a terrific visual gag for a podcast. <laughs> it, oh, geez, that's another terrible one. So you just have these pictures, these horribly photoshopped pictures of of babies with penis heads on your phone in case this ever comes up. Um. Here, uh, oh, here's the thing about Harry Potter and yes. my son and I reading You've been at reading. bedtime. We, we haven't done it in several weeks. What's going on with you and your son here? Some problems at home? He, he's just been more interested in other things. He, want, he's, he wants me to read him. He calls the uh, shots? Yeah, he kind of calls the shots as far as reading goes. So we have not. But you know what? But we were reading. Did I tell you we were reading the second one? No, I think you had just started because you didn't even know that Harry Potter was the boy who lived when I first talked about it. I think you you kind of knew what Voldemort was. Well, yeah, we read the whole first book. Okay, give us an update. What do you think? It was a terrific book. It's a good read. Listen, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say I think this – uh, it has the potential to be very popular if they market it right. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I think it could be a successful franchise. Franchise. Um, we read the first one. I know the second one. You know, about halfway through the second one. I think this could be something. So what happened halfway through the second one that that your son abandoned it? I mean, is it not gripping? I know that when I had my dad read me Harry Potter. Um, How long ago did your dad read you Harry Potter? Like last summer, I think. And your dad read you Harry Potter. Yeah, I made him call me, though, because I don't want to uh, pay for the long distance charges. He read it to you over the phone. Yeah. And long distance charges? Yeah, I don't want to pay for those, so... Look, but you don't know, you he's both re- just have cell phones? There isn't really long distance Oh, anymore, no, we don't. neither of us have cell phones. You don't um, have cell phones. You call each other on landlines, and he reads you Harry Potter. Yeah, but he's phone. retired, so I'm sure that he has plenty of money. He's just a pot that he's sitting on, so. But why don't you just read Harry Potter, the, the book? Or, uh, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's. Scott, do you I, know how to read? I don't. Okay. It's okay. I don't. I don't. I don't know. How to, okay. I, don't, I don't know how to read. Okay. I don't know how Look, to read. Okay. What? That's. I'm just saying. Why, why do? Okay. You th- why do you think I listen to so many U2 records? Because you don't know how to read. Yeah. It's almost like they're reading to me their lyrics, right? But in a musical fashion. It's almost like that. Is that why whenever we're here and you have your computer open? There's nothing on this. Yeah, it's just photos. It's, I, I, what are the, what, is, what are the photos of? Well, I've they're not even photos. They're just crayon drawings that I've taped to my oh. computer that I made. I'm pretty good with crayons, though. I always notice that Apple on the back of your screen does not light up, so it's just not no, on, is it? No, and it's it's actually um, it's a real Apple that I just taped to that's the computer. What, that's what I thought. I thought it looked. Yeah. Very different from the logo that you yeah. usually see. I, d- I did it three years ago, too, so it's kind of disgusting at this point. Is that what the smell is in here? No. Oh. That's, that's me. Oh. That's just you, your that's body? That's just my body, yeah. I have a lot of problems, Adam. So the apple's been on there so long that there isn't even an odor anymore. No, no. my Well, my stench is overpowering the apple. There that's is sure. a terrible, terrible stench from the apple, but you wouldn't even know. Why do it. you smell so bad? Do you... I you know how a lot of people have uh, uh, small pores or large pores yes in their skin yes and underneath is like tendons and blood yes um, I just have shit in my body and it's just like oozing out of my pores so there's shit the in time. your veins or yeah pretty much huh. it's instead of blood pumping through them I just kind of have feces and fecal matter just that's like I'm constantly having to, I don't know if you've noticed it but I'm constantly having to wipe my hands. Uh, on towels, which are, you know, I mean, yeah, shit no, I've, I've definitely noticed there's shit covered towels yeah. all around you in here. Yeah, well, you know, that's just part and parcel with a little something that I call my body. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I mean, it's, I guess it's something that you know we've all sort of just grown to accept about you, but we mm-hmm. just we didn't think it was actual shit coming out of your body. What did you think it was? I, I mean, just thought it was I don't know. grime. No, I thought it was apple butter. Oh, yeah. That's it a common looks mistake. like I guess they look, you know, apple the, butter. And I've shit, never so. noticed that how apple butter looks so much like shit. It does. It doesn't taste the same. It doesn't. No, not in the least. In fact, apple butter, one might say, has a very pleasant taste. Yes. to it. Shit is tastes disgusting, terrible. I mean, the, on the few occasions which I have had uh, to taste it, I have not enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed. 
tasting other things. Well, I would imagine with shit oozing out of your pores at all times, you, you, it's hard you've not gotten to taste some it. Into, into your mouth well, from that's, time to time. No, that's why I have it oozing out of my pores is because I'm constantly eating it. Oh, God. I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh, no what problem. A, what a bummer. No problem. I tasted shit once just because I love apple butter on toast. Mm-hmm. And once I reached into the fridge and I grabbed the wrong jar. Mm. And so I spread shit all over my toast. <laughs> oh, man. And I hate to even ask, but I'm just going to ask the obvious question. Uh, what are you doing with jars of shit in your refrigerator, Adam? Oh, just in case I run out of apple butter. Very good, very good. You're you're listening to you talking you two to me, where we talk about you two exclusively. By and the way, nothing else, nothing else. We're still trying to get Bono on here, um, but we are going to be talking about Aktung Baby, their seminal, the album they put they put semen into seminal in this record. If you oh, know what I mean, absolutely. This is their seventh album. Can you believe it? And we're going to talk about all of these kinds of details about Octoon Baby, but I believe we need to take a little bit of a break before we continue. What do you think about that? I think we should take a break and we should make it shake. <laughs> all right, let's do that. All right, you're listening to You Talking You 2 to me, episode five, Octoon Baby special. Adam and I will be right back and we are going to get into it. Busy. After this. Bi- we're going to get busy. Okay, we'll be right back. Busy. We're getting, yeah, we're getting busy. Guys, you have to admit, Earwolf, the network we're on, they've got some great shows. Earwolf has opened its doors once again to one of my favorite shows, me personally, Scott Ackerman, Topics! That's right, Topics, with longtime friends and creative comedic collaborators from the state, Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Yeah! This is a funny show. This is one of my favorite shows. They joined Earwolf on February 11th. Topics tackle some of mankind's most difficult questions. What is the nature of love? Is time travel possible or ethical? As if the promise of the kings of comedy, Michael Ian Black and Showalter wasn't enough, the show will also have original music by Dan Deacon. Dan Deacon? That's crazy. You're going to love this show. Topics is on Earwolf now. Find out more at earwolf.com slash topics. All right, we're back. You talking you two to me? And um, before we talk about Octoon Baby, the album which this song, upon which this song resides... Um, we should talk about recent U2 news because as everyone, we've heavily established it at this point, we are taping these months and months in advance and we're sort of keeping you up to date with what's going on with U2, but it will be hopelessly out of date by the time you hear this. So, but it will put you into the mindset of exactly where we are while we're hearing this. Now, since the last time, I will say that the one, the one episode that will be, date correct if you will Mm -hmm. is our final episode which will be us with our impressions of the new record hopefully now i will say at this point uh we when we first we talked about in the first episode we had heard the new record will be out in april yeah now there are all these rumors that june is so if that happens we we don't have many episodes planned out through the end of april i can't imagine they would be releasing a single on super bowl sunday for an album that doesn't come out until june i don't think so can i tell you my secret theory that i have not said out loud yet okay i'd love to hear it here is what i i think 
there is a possibility of this happening. Super Bowl Sunday, they say, here's the new song, download it for free, blah, 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 new album out tomorrow. They sound boring when they're talking, by the way. Blah, blah, blah. Their entire ad campaign is just like, here it is. Take it or leave it, blah, blah, blah. No, but I think that this You could, say album out tomorrow? This could be a thing where they're like album out in two days or whatever it is. They'll pull a Beyonce, you think? Yeah, or Radio, Radiohead was the first one to really do that. So, okay, now, if you're listening to this, then this, this episode will come out at the end of March. And if Adam's uh, POV on this is true, sure, point POV, of view. Sure, POV, point of view, yeah. Um, then we will have missed- that new records release by quite a few (laughs) episodes. We may have to, in our next episode, then go, hey, you know what? It came out. Let's let's talk about it. Just jump right to it. Jump right in. We'll figure that out. But so right now, we are a few days away from Super Bowl Sunday. What we know is, um, and we know rhymes with Eno, Brian Eno. One of the producers uh, of many of their biggest albums. That's one of the uh, little tidbits of info that you are going to hear on a U2-centric podcast. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So as far as we know, the song Invisible, which a lot of people don't even know if this is on the record or not, I think that it's the single. I think it's the big single. I think so too. It will be in a Super Bowl commercial played, uh, certainly not during the Super Bowl. That's really, it would be weird to air commercials during while the Super Bowl is while being played, I feel like sports fans would uh, react negatively to that. Probably, and meaning while the game is being played in a little tiny corner, they would be playing commercials. I don't think people would like. They that should at all. put it in a box and have the box move around the screen, covering the ball. Covering the, the, instead of the ball, yeah, you get a commercial for you too. <laughs> so all we know is this song, Invisible. They've they filmed. A Super Bowl commercial. Do we know who the director is at this point? Do we know anything? I don't think so. I think you don't know anything. I, I think they've uh, shot. What, what I read is they shot a music video, and there are pieces of it that will be in the commercial. And I'm assuming the commercial will be for their new album. Right. Like on Sunday, maybe we'll learn the name of it and right. the street date. Right. Um. And it very well because it's a commercial for you too. It's not a commercial for anything else. Although Bank of right. America is involved, right? Yeah, you can download this. This is what I read. You download the song for free for twenty four hours, and for every song, every copy that's downloaded, Bank of America donates one dollar to Red. Which, but then I read yeah. there's a two million dollar limit. So no. yeah, I don't. So know. Bank of America may as well just be buying two million dollars worth of advertising. On yes. the Super Bowl. That's what it is. But Come like, on, Bank what of if a hundred million people download the song? They're then still also, only donating too much. I, I yeah, I don't understand. get it. Come on, Bank of America, step it up. So Come basically, on, B of A. B of A sunk two million bucks into a Super Bowl commercial sponsoring U2. U2 got in bed with B of A. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel about it? Well, I feel like if they're giving money to charity uh, are they two, two really giving money to charity or are they paying two million dollars for a super bowl ad they're doing both of those things at the same time i guess so um but so all we know is the track we think it's the single invisible will be on the super bowl you can download it for free by the time you listen to this it'll be a month old and yeah. um maybe the album will be out we have no idea what are your impressions of the song so far 
Invisible. Yeah. I have um, no impressions because it is inaudible to me because I've not heard it. Yeah, it is not possible to have an impression at this point. Correct. So I think we're right where we need to be. But it'll be the first taste. It'll be an amuse-bouche for <laughs> what we'll be getting with uh, a Danger Mouse-produced U2 record. Do you consider the first single to be the amuse-bouche, or do you consider it to be the first course? I think I think sometimes it's almost like a single is the main course that's served first. Yeah, I think that in the case of, say, a Vertigo or a It's a Beautiful, or a beautiful, beautiful Day. day. Um, it kind of is the main course. It's a the, main course because those are great singles. You know what record I do believe it is an amuse-bouche? is Achtung Baby. Yeah. I th- and we'll talk, we'll talk about that after uh, this break. How about Get On Your Boots? Um, okay, we'll talk about that. That is the, uh, I think that's the turd that someone left in the toilet. Which do you, what do you think is the best first single that they ever put out? Pride. Pride? Pride that was one. the That was the first single? That was the first single. That's automatic, my favorite U2 song. It's automatically the best first single that uh, they've ever put out. I think Vertigo opinion. is the best single. Well, we will definitely talk about that on the... Uh, you don't like Vertigo? We'll, we'll talk about it. I have oh, no opinion okay. at this point. But let's talk about recent U2 news. Now, um, by the time people listen to this, U2 will have won or lost... The Oscar, which since our last recording, That's right. they were nominated for the Oscar. Of course. And they, we talked about they won that Golden Globe uh, very extensively in the last episode yes. that we did. But uh, they are nominated for the Oscar. They, right. they've, they're taking another stab at it yeah. with this song, uh, Ordinary Love. Yeah. And they may be Academy Award winners by the time. I think this song's better than... The last one they were nominated for, don't you? I th- the last one was the uh, the one about from the Scorsese movie. Yes, the hands <clears throat> that built America. Oh boy, I can't even think of it. It's so bad. I I don't. Re- I, I mean, I remember the song. I I just didn't. I didn't think it was terrible. I just didn't, let me look for it. The I hands that built America. Would that, would yeah, that be on um, how to dismantle? No. What would it be on? It's probably on like a B-side or... The Hands That Built America. Okay, you know what? I bet it's on... I have it somewhere. No, we'll find this. Don't Why doesn't worry. the music thing on the iPod have a search function? I bet it does, but it's so Shitty. hard to yeah to, to work with. What would it be on? Oh, it would be on B-sides. Oh, Best Of. Here we go. Nope. Sweetest Thing. Single version. Oh, here we go. Electrical storm. That is not right. Here we go. Here, I got it. The Hands That Built America by U2. Oh, already. Not Academy yeah, it's, Award worthy. It's it's not a great song. Ding, ding, No, dong. it didn't play during the movie, right? It played over credits. That's still, I, I think, what are the new rules? Bill Maher would know, but... Um, it has to play immediately when the credits start, or it's not eligible. It can't be like the third song that plays in the credits and be eligible. Is that for really it. a rule? That's really a rule because so many people were um, trying to hide a song at the very, very end of the credits and still be eligible for an Academy Award. Well, there's that one song this year from a movie that wasn't even released that got nominated yeah. for an Oscar. And the guy who wrote the song w- was the 
the pre the guy yeah. who was in charge of the music academy yeah. or so oh, I don't know. Wait, let's let's hear a little more of that. <clears throat> oh, okay. Here we go. Not wonderful. What a snooze fest. It's kind of if it's it just sounds like one of those B-sides that you yeah. hear a year after the album comes out. Yeah, U2 is, they, they, we, I don't know if we've talked about it, but we've talked about it off air. They have this, uh, they usually, when they're getting ready to put a record out, they take either a deep cut from it or a B-side from it, and they put it in some big film. Yeah. Like this was a Scorsese film. Yeah. Or uh, the Vim Vendors film. Right. In this case, the uh, Mandela film. And they just take their shot because everyone wants an Oscar. Right. You know, everyone ha- everyone's taken their hairbrush and looked at themselves in the mirror and held up that hairbrush and said, I'd like to thank who? Oh, I thought it was, I want to put this up my butt. <laughs> Have, what if, if you ever win an Oscar, I call him Oscar, it's really an Academy Award. Right, but it, for short, you can say Oscar. We sure. all know what you mean. Sure. If you ever win an Oscar... Can I get your promise here on this podcast that sure. you will say that, that I'd like to put this up my butt? Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. If I win an Oscar, that is the first thing I will say. Fantastic. The first thing of many things? Yeah. I'm going to be up there for a while. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, I'm almost out of time. I got to get uh, – what is it they always – that they – Blink up at you to uh, the, wrap it up, wrap yeah, it up, wrap, okay, wrap, wrap it up. up. Oh, wrap it up. Oh, boy. Huh. I will say today I heard a, a song that was cut off of, that they recorded during Atomic Bomb. Yeah, which one? It's called Mercy. Uh, I, I thought that I was that. really good, but they said it It sounded too much like Miracle Drug, so they didn't put it on the album, but it was a good song. And they started playing it on the last tour. Um, Let me look for it. Mercy. Keep talking. But- Keep the, talking you two to me. The the version that was on the tour w- wasn't as good. Okay. It's on YouTube. You wait. Yeah, you two. You two, YouTube. Yeah, you two. No, YouTube. Yeah, you two, the band, has put out this song that you're talking about. Mercy. Yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you two has done this. It's this it's this. Okay, this one, one the here top we go. one. The top one, here we go. And this, this is the first, like, B-side. Yeah, it's an iPhone 5S. Uh, so nice. The, the plug-in is on the bottom. Nice, buddy. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is Mercy, and it's a, and they did this for what? Uh, uh, it was on the How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Or they recorded it then. Hey, this is pretty good. Yeah, the chorus is great. I mean, your iPhone. Oh, yeah, thanks. You know, you know how you unlock these new ones? How? Fingerprint. What? Yeah, yeah, no, fingerprint. That's so crazy. Yeah, it is it is crazy. It's weird. Like, technology these days. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, fingerprint? Like, I can use my finger to get, unlock this mini computer I carry around in my pocket. It's like, I've used my finger to unlock some things. <laughs> yeah, you know vaginas. <laughs> Flipping V's. Um, very good. That anyway, sounds good. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that I have that one. You'll have to uh, send that to me. Oops. Well, well, by the way, speaking it's on of YouTube, Hugh, Hugh two, YouTube, YouTube. All right. Uh, tell you what. Why don't we take another break? When we come back, we will talk exclusively 
about Octung Baby. How's that sound to you? Great. <laughs> okay, see you then. I don't think it's any secret when I tell you that we get a lot of people wanting to do shows here at Earwolf. We get a lot of what we call in the biz pilots sent to us. They're they're littering up the hallways, just the reel-to-reels, reels-to-reel, I don't know. But you know what? TV's own Andy Daly, who you know from my show, Comedy Bang Bang, will be sorting through them to discover promising new talent. Check out the Andy Daly podcast pilot project to see if he discovers Earwolf's next host. Yes, we are back. You talking you two to me? So, Scott, yep. you've been doing a little, uh, little, little uh, movie watching. That's right. Since I, the last time. I feel like, to be honest, Adam, I feel like... I'm a prize fighter training for the big fight. Sure. Because I have been uh, just immersed in all things Aktung Baby. Um, and let me, uh, over the past few episodes, by the way, I got an email from you on the way over here that I was trying to uh, decipher for a long time. It says, Five Mind. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yes. It meant, I meant to write Five the. M-I-N-S, abbreviation for minutes. <laughs> oh, good. Because I was in traffic. Um, but on previous episodes, you kept lording it over on me that you had, had you bought, you used your TV star money and your movie star dreams, uh-huh. and you took out your wallet and, yeah. and very cravenly talked about something that you had exchanged money for. Right. Which I think anytime one talks about their possessions, I think it's just gross. Oh, okay, so, okay. you know, I, I thought it was kind of gauche and kind of disgusting, but you were talking about a possession that you had. Um, you make so much money that you bought a possession. What What is it? Well, it was a movie that apparently you own some sort of copy of. Now, I'm not talking film canisters. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's it, it, it was just a DVD or a Blu-ray of Oh, a, a Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. Well, Which all of a sudden now I realize, okay, not only does he have a Blu-ray, he has enough money for an actual Blu-ray, but he has enough money for a player and ostensibly a TV, a high-definition TV. So sure, it's like, but those are all pretty standard these days. Bragging about your wealth, anyway. So, well, And you probably have a house in which to watch it. The blue, Blu-rays are like, what, $20? Or? Okay, let's add it up. $20 for a Blu-ray, a player, or what? 200 bucks at this point for a cheap one, right? A Blu-ray player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a cheap one's like $100. Okay, but let's say a cheap one for a movie star. All right, it's 200 bucks. Okay. $220 we're in at this point, okay? Okay. okay. High-def TV, we're talking 1500 at least? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they anywhere from 700 to... You know, high, high televisions go up to... Yeah, 3000 4000 Let's Let's just say conservatively... Fifteen hundred. We're in. Okay. We're in for seventeen twenty at this point. All right, a house. Okay, oh, a house. Okay. How big is your house? Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming you have a bedroom in it. Yeah, there's a bedroom in my house. There you go. See, all of a sudden the square footage starts adding okay. up. Okay, how much is that? Per but I didn't square buy foot? all of this just to watch this movie. I, oh, really? No. But I, uh, you let me. You very subtly let me know that you own all these things by saying I watched a movie. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I know so much about your big movie star lifestyle, Mr. Homeowner. 
All right. I'm sorry. All right. I apologize. Okay. That's all I'm looking for. Thank you so much. But uh, you were talking about this movie from the sky down mm-hmm. from the sky down you were talking about it a lot and i can and at one point you said oh you got to watch this i'm going to loan it to you and i said okay well next time bring it in man yeah bring it in yeah you kept forgetting to bring it in well that's because i hadn't finished what wa- i'd seen it when it aired on showtime a couple of years ago but i hadn't finished watching it okay. again for this show so i wasn't going to bring it in and give it to you because i knew i'd never see it again and uh, I wanted to watch it again before our, our Actung Baby uh, episode. Well, here, you. Uh, pr- I'm presuming that you So what did it? I do, Scott? What did I do? I'll tell you what you did. All of a sudden, after, the day after our last recording, okay, just imagine this. We, we taped these very late at night. It is very dark outside right now, by the way. It's as dark as it gets. Yeah. I mean, talk, we're talking about skies when we talk about From the Sky Down. This sky is pretty dark. Pitch black. It's 8 p.m. right now. Right, right now, as we're recording this, we're still awake. It's, 8 the p.m. clock just struck 8, by the way. Yep. By the way, I have a 6.30 call tomorrow. I, I have si- uh, 6.48, but guess where we are? We're at a winery, and we're an hour outside of Los Angeles. I'm an hour outside of Los Angeles, too. Where where are you going? We're south of downtown. Well, we're north of Los Angeles up in wine country. You know what? We're traveling in opposite directions. Spoiler alert. We're, we're uh, On parks this year, uh, you guys are going to Leslie a winery. Nope and gang are going to a winery. <laughs> wow. Sounds like the kind of gentle, lighthearted comedy that you guys are known for. There you go. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're going to be gentle and lighthearted in wine country. And very erudite and appealing to the top 10% of America That's who right. can afford to go to wineries. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> so, by the way, you just let me know, speaking of which, that you own a car. Thanks a lot, Adam. Okay, well, how else am I going to get around Los Angeles? Maybe talk about a taxi, throw in like, hey, but... Uh, listen, I owned a car when I... When I didn't have a job, I mean, I managed to get a car. Sure, because you come from wealth. We talked about I don't San- come from wealth. Santa Cruz. Come on, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz isn't a particularly wealthy town. Mm. My parents were teachers. You think were come- teachers? Oh, they've retired. They have so much money they can retire. Okay, all right, all right. But anyway, so just imagine it. Late at night, we stop recording. I drive my little heart out to my house, okay? And I I catch a few Zs as sure. I do during the nights. Sure. I'm not going to apologize does for that. that. Everybody everybody we no one expects you to apologize okay. for it. Everyone Look, sleeps. Yeah, I sleep. Okay? And I do it at night. That everybody does that. Scott. All right. But then you know what I do do and I make sure I do every single day? What's that? I wake up. Yeah, everybody wake. I mean, I I don't understand. And I'm ready to face the day, okay? Because that's my commitment to the people who upon whom depend on me. What am I trying to say? Every everybody. That's the normal human sleep pattern. Okay. Is so. Guess what? I guess what happens when I wake up? I I go to my email. I'm like a child on Christmas morning. I throw open the sash. I'm like, the new emails are in. Do you get that excited every morning? Of course I do. How many new emails do you get while you're sleeping? I only check them once a day in the morning. That's it. That's it. Because they, they uh, it's it's like Christmas morning. You have 50 presents waiting for you. 50, okay. hundreds of presents. All right. And so uh, I'm slogging through them. It takes me sure. about six hours. Well, to do. when you check once a day, it's, it's a big job. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. 
once a day for six hours, you know, if you, like that's how long people are checking their emails if you amortize it over several hours. Yeah, that's a good point, Scott. I mean, I, I bet that those of us who check our phone every 30 seconds uh, and check our email – we probably accumulatively, you know, rack up at least six hours a day it's a looking point. at that little death box. You know what? It's like, hey, I'm right here. Human beings are all yeah. around us. And instead, we're looking at machinery. I will say that as I was... No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Oh, you're not going to say that. <laughs> no. Okay. No. So I opened this email and it's... By the way, who's it from? It's from do not reply at iTunes.com. Oh, I'm not expecting... Are you mad at me for this? <laughs> he just looked at me with Betrayed. such accusation. Well, you know, I'm not expecting big things out of this email, okay. you know what I mean? Like, it's a big world for Scott in the morning when he opens his, his computer. It's like, hey, you know, already I'm getting a lecture, you know, just from the reply address. Okay, well, it's, like, it's just, it's... I think it's saying that so when you want to thank the person who sends you a gift. Oh, is that you, you, you what this is about? You need to write them an email. All of a sudden, you're bragging about sending me a gift. I'm getting to it, Mr. Big Shot. All right. So I open it up, and what do I see? iTunes. Gift. Adam sent you the following movie from the sky down. Director's cut. That's that's pretty nice. Director's yeah. cut. Yeah. And here in the uh, the greeting, just three simple words. Please stop complaining. <laughs> I laughed myself silly. Did you what? did did you have a good laugh? I when did. You saw I went. <laughs> I roared with laughter, and I said, "Adam, you're one in a million. Yeah, but then you probably had like four more hours of email sifting <laughs> to did. do before you could watch the movie. I did. It was tough to fit it in, but I did watch it from the sky down. Tell me what it is, Adam Scott. It's a terrific. I think it's a terrific documentary about you two making Octoon Baby. It actually starts uh, with them talking about, hey, it's the 20th, 20th anniversary yeah. of Octoon Baby, and they're going to take a look back at it. They're going back to Germany, and they're going to yes. take a look at it. But Hansa. what is Hansa. But what is interesting is once they go back to Germany and they start talking about Octoon Baby, it needs to go even further back sure to thing. explain how they got to Octoon Baby. So it sort of ends up being a de facto uh, look at their entire career and up to that point. Especially, it really delves into Rattle and Hum. Mm -hmm. and, a lot of Rattle and Hum. And what led them to Octoon Baby. I thought it was really interesting when they showed the footage of their final concert as the former U2 and Bono's saying like we we need to go away we became that thing that we the the whole reason we started a band was not to become this thing and all of a sudden we looked around we're this bloated big rock band with like backup singers and a horn section and a guy in a church uh, with rolled up <laughs> right <laughs> which by the do way, you have that interview <laughs> yeah let me look that up by the way um, but I just thought it was really interesting and it kind of it, it, Davis Guggenheim who directed it is so such a good filmmaker that the way he sort of cut it together he, what he's really great at I, I think with the filmmaking Al I would say just the, generally the but the Al Gore documentary and then the it might get loud is is using um 
people's interview interview the audio from people's interview as narration in his movies i think Mm -hmm. he does a great job with that so i watched this film and it talked a lot about rattle and hum and uh, i brought up the interview that we just were talking about because in our last episode devoted to rattle and hum we had lance banks here and you guys were very uh familiar with rattle and hum and i had not seen it since opening night i felt very betrayed by it i never watched it again it turned me off to you too and that's where we would pick up our story here with me being not a U2 fan. Much in the same way, I have to say, another one of your darlings, I uh, stopped listening to R.E.M. around the same point. With Green? With Green. I went to see them live at one of the stadiums here in town. I thought they were uh, not very good. I thought that album was very commercial. I thought Shiny Happy People was not good. Well, that's not from that album. Which one am I thinking of, the, of? Out of time. Out of yeah. Well, just you know. Uh, but you saw the, they didn't tour. The for writing that. was so on you, the wall. You saw the green tour. And you I saw thought the green it tour. was a little too mainstream. A little too mainstream. Not mm-hmm. what I liked about REM. So we pick up our story uh, w- with us here, and we had been talking about Rattle and Hum, and you guys were very familiar with it, and you guys were talking about this uh, choir director in it. Yes. And I. You vaguely remembered it? I did not remember it at all. I remembered the choir, of course. But then I I watched From the Sky Down, and it inspired me to go then, for this show, pick up the concert films of all of their records. So I got Rattle and Hum. I uh, got the Zoo uh, TV, which has not arrived yet, unfortunately. Is that the Australian one, the one from Sydney? Yes. Yeah. That has not arrived, so I'll I'll have watched that by the time. Did you get the Blu-ray of Rattle and Hum? Uh, I did not because that was too expensive. It's uh, oh no wait I did no wait did. did I I got an I uh, it's it's in I love the eighties packaging very weirdly oh yeah it might be maybe. the Blu-ray I can't remember because it's it's a great looking movie Phil Genoa or yeah. Jean- I'm, I'm not quite Genau sure. Genau uh, directed counting directed one of my favorite films at that point before Rattle and Hum came out Three O'clock High you know so I had high hopes speaking of high for <laughs> Rattle and Hum. <laughs> uh, uh, I really loved State of Grace. Oh, yeah. He, he, but that came after Rattling That was after Rattling yeah. with Sean Penn and Robin Ripen. Anyway, so you guys were talking about this guy. So I, I, I rented all of the stuff. I watched Rattle and Hum. And there this guy is in the middle of the church. He's the guy who – they don't explain him in the movie. They yeah. just say, hey, we got a, a gospel choir just yeah. saying I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This motherfucker <laughs> is – He's so gross. He's wearing a Miami Vice jacket with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. And the the cuffs rolled up as well. Yeah. Sunglasses. Sunglasses, chewing gum, and sitting around there like snapping, snapping his, fingers. his fingers and sort of like doing sharp movements like he's doing anything. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Conductors don't do anything. Well, I... In trains? Yes. I'll give you that. What I was... What I was Oh, you mean train conductors? Yes. Scott, train conductors are some of the busiest, most important people in uh, the entire transportation uh, system in in the United States. Look, I'm on board, pun intended, with that. But I'm not going to even listen to you or anyone, even for a second, try to take down train conductors as being unnecessary. Adam, that is why I had to amend my statement so there was no confusion. I love train conductors. I understand that you singled them out as being immune to your criticisms. Let me also say, conductors with electricity, 
I'm also a fan of. Semiconductors. Semiconductors, whole conductors, any of that stuff, I am definitely on board with, and uh, I'm a fan of that. What about conjecture conductors? Of course. Look, you're preaching to the choir another pun that is intended. But you're saying the conductor of this particular choir didn't do shit. Or any choir. I think choir conductors, I mean, what are you What are you getting paid for? You're waving your arm around. Well, here's what I learned about, by reading that interview. You okay, so provided I wa- me a link for I it. wondered who this guy was. You and I were emailing back mm-hmm. and forth uh, while I was watching Rattle and Hum. And I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. I looked, I found his name in the credits. I happened to, to he has a very uh, common name, Dennis Bell. Okay. Uh, in, that's common? Well, Bell? I mean, just, did, you, you can't look up Dennis and Bell and really get, oh, right, right, you know, right. you get, a, it's not like Weird sure, whatever, Al Yankovic. Whatever, Scott. <laughs> okay, Scott. But um, I looked that up in Rattle and Hum. The very first thing that comes out is Rattle and Hum at 25, an interview with Dennis Bell. Yeah. They tracked Dennis Bell down and they, they interview him about the process, about what went on with Rattle and Hum. I felt bad after reading the interview. I kind of felt badly because obviously in Rattle and Hum, he thinks he's hot shit. And you know what he found out? He's <laughs> cold diarrhea. <Yeah. laughs> because he did kind of find out he's cold diarrhea. And I, you know, he he's in the interview. You hear him getting humbled over and over again. But in the aftermath of Rattle and Hum or whatever. He but, thought that he was going to get a big record deal out of this, yeah. um, him and the choir, and then uh, Island, I believe, turned it down. They they loved what they heard, but then they didn't want to compete with a U2 single with another one of their songs as done by a choir. Right. So they turned it down. He then decided to release it on his own, and right as he was doing so, Island came back to them and said, "Oh no, Bono loves it. Can we release it?" And he and he stuck to his guns and said, "I'm I'm not going to go back on my word." Yeah. Oh man, go back on your oh, word, Dennis boy. Bell. Yeah, Dennis Bell then stuck with his friends, his friends, little, his little record company, and then came it out all, flopped. It all went away. Nothing happened. But you know what I thought was really interesting was how he sort of. And there's, by the way, there's many photographs of Dennis on the site with the sunglasses, with the t-shirt underneath the Miami Vice coat. I did, after reading the interview, I felt badly for him, but also saw that he was actually doing something. He was, he's kind of like in the, you know, the gospel music scene. Did you say gospel? No, gospel (laughs) music scene. I did that in the last podcast, too. You did. It's It's the same way that I can't say Ed Sullivan. I say Ed Sullivan. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know what is in my brain. You're stupid. <laughs> you're stupid. You no, say you're gospel. stupid. But I, what I thought was interesting about Dennis was he he sort of brags about how he and Bono argued a lot about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we like, we butted heads. Not in a bad way. It's like, well, I don't know. It's sort of in a bad way. Anyway, so. Uh, anyway, Dennis Bell. Dennis Bell. You did a great thing there for a while <laughs> so i watched rattle and hum so to catch you up i i thought it's still what's really interesting about yeah, it. yeah what were what were your impressions of that movie because you hadn't seen it since 1988 80 was it 88 yeah. or 89 okay so uh i hadn't seen it since then looks great yeah i was really struck adam by we talked a little bit about how they didn't have um monitors meaning they didn't have a uh, giant tv screens right I'm very struck by just the change in uh, concert technology. Yeah. 
the rapid growth, and I think U2 is a big part of this because their Zoo TV yeah. tour yeah. Um, sort of accelerated that growth. But it reminded me of how when I first started seeing concerts um, in the 80s, how that was it. You would just kind of go to the concert. They would play on a stage with all these bright lights. Yeah. There'd be kind of nothing else going on. Yeah. And it was all dependent upon the band to be exciting. Yeah. And you would, if you were had nosebleed seats, you just saw a little tiny band down there. And you just hoped the music was, you know, got you pumped up enough that you'd kind of dance around I your do seat. remember by 89 seeing that. REM tour, that green tour, mm-hmm. and that was a very visual show. They had screen a big screen with like different little short films playing, or the band, you know, mm-hmm. just video of the band playing live, or just like eight millimeter movie. It was a very what, was it the big, band playing live as they were playing live, or it was video of them playing? No, live footage of them okay. as they're playing. Right. Um, but they also mixed in other stuff. It was a really big. You didn't care for it because you were already a snob, but me as a <laughs> a, a younger a, look, you were uh, you were a young boy, a we're, young boy. You weren't a big boy yet. REM was a new band to me, and I was thrilled. Yeah, I me. Meanwhile, I was an REM fan who liked their early stuff and thought that Green was a little bit of a sellout. But now, if you listen to Green, you will better than their later stuff. Uh, I, I I, that's another podcast. Here's the thing: okay. I think Green is perfect. Oh boy. It is a great... What do you uh, think of Hair Shirt? Great song. That is a great song. I do like that one. What about the Untitled song? That might be my favorite song on the album. We gotta listen. We'll listen to these a little later. But we have to talk the about The only YouTube. song on that that I don't absolutely love is uh, I Remember California. You what's remember? the one I'm thinking of? Not Shiny Hat. What, what's the one? That, Stand. Is Stand. Stand. Yeah. You know, at the time I was just like, really? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I know. But I, I still think it's good. Anyway. I, I like it in retrospect. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but, but uh, they talk about it in Rattle and Hum. Um, I remember going to see them and they had this rep, reputation, that they were one of the best live bands in the world. Yeah. You see them on Live Aid and they are playing their hearts out and it made them superstars yeah. because of this live performance. Yet when they talk about the, the uh, Joshua Tree tour, um, in From the Sky Down, which Rattle and Hum yeah. is the document of, uh, they talk about how they were, they did not feel they were very good at yeah. playing. Yeah, they they're miserable, and they show some kind of Rattle altercation and hum out, outtakes yeah. of Bono, Bono yelling out, and and we could and and uh, Kulop was next to me, um, saying, "Who's he talking to?" And I don't yeah. think that they ever really have him lay the blame on someone but he's talking about someone like security or something or someone else in the band i can't really tell but he's saying like when i do that he's supposed to know that i'm doing this yeah 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 and but and they had all this (laughs) pressure on them because all of a sudden they're a stadium act Mm -hmm. there's no video assist and it's just them and are they gonna play well and is bono gonna jump around enough that people are gonna leave and i felt that um going on tour Adam, you're not a live performer, so you wouldn't know exactly what uh, oh, we're talking I mean, about. I've been in plays and stuff. But I've been you, on stage with you a couple times. Uh, well, but still, I f- I feel a responsibility to the audience of like ah, I hope they're not going to leave going. Well, that wasn't worth you know twenty twenty five right. thirty dollars. So what you're you saying know? is you consider yourself to be as um, the pressure you feel when you perform live is exactly the same as you too. When <laughs> of they course, have the a stakes are that high okay. for me. I understand. <laughs> so 
I I I respect what they're saying. They want to get out there. They want. I mean, the tickets are expensive. They want to give the people a good show. They also felt like they didn't have enough material for a stadium show, right? Because at that time they only had five albums, and they didn't have a ton of hits that people knew. They right. had Pride, obviously, from the previous album, and they had four hits off of uh, Joshua Tree, and they you know had uh, I Will Follow. And but other than that, you're right. Maybe some stuff off War that some people would know, but you know, you can't play three War songs in a row without people heading for the bathrooms, probably. Right. To go take shits. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they talk about this in the movie. Bono admits that U2 fans take the stinkiest shits out of any fans of any band. Oh, well, everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're dissatisfied then they're meanwhile they sink all of their money and this is something that that I find hard to believe they they have to be rich and yet they they say they almost went bankrupt in making rattle and hum that's crazy where they sank all of their money into it they tied up their entire fortune in making this what was supposed to be just a dumb fun document yeah. of of their tour and instead it's this massive production all of a sudden, they need, uh, I forget, Paramount or whomever, yeah. to bail them out. And then it becomes, the stakes are really high, and you got to make this great thing. Yeah. And this this uh, Rattle and Hum record uh, and tour comes out, and it just kind of, it doesn't flop, meaning it sells really well. Uh, the, the record, obviously, yeah. because the, their previous record sold so many records, yeah. it would be hard not to sell well. It was like a gimme. But people did not like it. And all yeah, of critics for the first time completely abandoned them mm-hmm. and uh, not only abandoned them, but said not nice things about them. Well, and yeah, that, that's what I mean by abandoning them is, is that they Scott, w- when you're abandoned by critics, it means that they abandon all niceties. Right. Right. OK. So at this point, I'm not a fan so re-watching the movie, did you think it was bombastic and overly serious, or by today's standards, does it seem pretty tame? It's pretty tame. I mean, yeah. it really is just a concert film. There, My impression of it as I left was, boy, all that stuff in Sun Studios and all the stuff where they're trying to align themselves with the greats, yeah. that seemed to be way more of the film, the final cut of the film. And that, I think, is just the album. That's the album's influence on me. You see the film, that's barely yeah. in it, really, all that much. And so, there's some great stuff in the movie, I think, mm-hmm. kind of looking. But the, there's also like the some stuff that like at the end with bullet the blue sky and mm-hmm. it's a it is yeah. a little bombastic it's and, a little much and i what lance was talking about in the last episode with the crucifix on top of the crucifix like yeah, yeah. and the other thing and i emailed you this um I thought it was very weird how sexual sexual Bono was with his movements. He's writhing around. He's wearing, and this is this really turned me off. He's wearing just a vest, no shirt, right, and stretch like stretch pants, yeah, or something. Well, it's nineteen eighty seven, but then also you do have to realize that we're watching the movie, but again, there's no video assist, so he is he has to move around a lot. He's he's you know performing for the back of the stadium and we're just watching up close so it's why people say Mick Jagger is one of the greatest frontmen is because he's constantly moving around he's constantly oh, I'm doing my Mick Jagger impression oh right it's now. very good yeah it's pretty good Keith <laughs> but um but he but he's dancing very he's dancing like he is now a sex symbol and possibly one of the sexiest men on the planet right 
And I was just kind of watching that going, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of sure. I I tweeted that I think he would make a good Wolverine in the X-Men movies. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You know, because he's kind of short and hairy. And, <laughs> and what's interesting is that cut to three, four years later, he is no longer looking like a sex symbol or, or you know, he abandoned that look very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then Edge, or The Edge, some people call him, um, he's wearing that goddamn cardin and the hat, the brim of his hat the entire time. He's wearing what? He's wearing, you know, one of those, okay, yeah, the Joshua Tree Americana. He's wearing like kind of like a uh, a miner's hat, I would say, yeah. like a like a... Almost like a bigger bowler. Yeah. If Paul F. Tompkins were here, he would be correcting me on this and tell me exactly what kind of hat it is. But it's like a taller bowler. Yeah, but that was their look. They were like, you know, they picked a look for their entire album It's and like tour. a stage costume, but he's he's got a, a playing card. In, oh, in I the, never noticed that. In the, uh, you know, in the felt around the hat. Yeah. He's got a playing card in like every single shot yeah, of it. Yeah, but on, on each tour, they have a different wardrobe that they stick to for the whole tour. But they also are walking around in it. It's like, that's oh, their yeah. look now. Bono's not wearing shirts. Edge is with this goddamn stupid Ace of Spades card in his, in his brim. I don't, yeah, I mean, it, looking back, it's, it looks a little stupid, but at the same time, they had just, in a matter of months, become the biggest band on the planet, and everyone was telling and, them they were great. So you're going to so, wear so a card. Someone in your isn't going to come up to him and go, "Hey, Edge, no, take the card out." That's exactly right. No one will come up to him and tell him to take the card out of his hat. Have you? you you've been on the uh, sets of major films. You you have had secondary parts in them, a few lines in some of them, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to go up to one of the stars in one of these films and said, hey, man, and like shake some sense into that? Hey, cut it out. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Or to Amy on the set of Parks and Recreation. Have you ever oh, been like, Jesus. Amy? All the time. All the time. Cut. It, take the. Coincidentally, she wears a playing card in every single hat she wears. What? Yeah, and takes it off right before action. Uh, really? Takes the hat off. But never takes the card out of that. Never takes the card out. I was, and it's the Ace of Diamonds, of course. Oh my God, that is so pretentious. I, know. I was talking to Amy once on the set of my show oh, about wow. <laughs> about how she had a really interesting notion that I've thought about a lot about how if only people, when they're watching TV, would realize that most of the people you're seeing on TV have sides which is uh it's a it's a term for the little tiny scripts mm-hmm. they print them out at like sort of quarter size mm-hmm. um and actors have them with them at all times to try to remember their lines and then when a take starts they tuck them underneath their legs or underneath the seat so almost every single shot of any movie or tv show you ever watch the actors have these little tiny pieces of paper tucked underneath their legs especially a on TV when you're shooting, you know, at an accelerated pace, 10 pages a day or whatever right. it is, you have anytime you see a chair in any TV show, there are little pieces of paper that people... every every drawer and piece of wardrobe on our <laughs> right. set, purse, wallet, everything has sides in them <laughs> because we as it's soon imp- as they say cut, we all reach for our sides. It's impossible to watch your show anymore without looking for little evidence of I'll, those sides. I'm sure there's there's you can see sides somewhere on the show. <laughs> so 
Look, we're talking about October, baby. <laughs> How long? We're almost out of time for this episode. Wow, hour and a half, and we have not started <laughs> talking about the album. All right, tell you what, here's here's what I propose. We stop this episode, and we start a new episode where we actually talk about But then Octoon what was baby. this episode about? This is the bridge to Octoon Baby. How about we just talk about the album for a half an hour? You want to start a new episode? Let's start a new one. Okay, Let's tell right. you what. Let's start a new one. We will come back. We'll talk about next week. We'll talk about Octoon Baby. We've set up. We've set up a lot of it. Right now, we're in the. I think it's good because there is a lot that happened before they recorded the album. Yeah, and and a lot that happened in between our last episode. So that'll be it for this episode. Um, when you when you hear us next time, we will be talking exclusively about Actung Baby, and uh, this is Scott and Scott, the Scots, and uh, we're hoping that you have found what you're looking for. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. Outward creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.